Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of the internet, I am Jonah O'Connor. You are my listeners, and this is the Jonah O Show. Joined today by a very special guest, a very good friend of mine, Jesse Oberding. Jesse, how's it going, man? Good. Uh, show me your Jonah O face. My Jonah O face. Show me your O face. Yeah, man, thanks for coming on the show. I know uh, you said you were pretty excited about it. Yeah. Wanted to uh, kind of... Pick your brain a little bit. Never done one. You know, let's do the podcast. I've, uh, I'm, I'm kind of new to the whole thing as well. Um, so you, like me, you work in kitchens. Uh, you work at the same restaurant I do. How long have you been in kitchens? Uh, 28 years. Oh, that's a long time, dude. Yeah. Since I was 13, I started out doing dish. I uh, caught on to prep within a couple weeks. And within two years, I was uh, supervising lines. And by the time I was 17, I was managing hotels. Was that... Uh, Daunting for you at all, or scary at any point? Oh hell no! No, not at all. Just ran with it the whole way through. And me and my brother cooked for ourselves pretty much since we were five or six years old. Okay. Mom was always at work. Yeah. Dad uh, had a bunch of surgeries on his back, so he was never home. And if he was, he was inebriated. Okay. Pretty much. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, because um, me, like someone, um, someone like me who's only been in the industry for like nine years, that's a trip to me, man. Like, that's longer than I've been alive. Yeah, yeah. Like that's how do you how do you manage that? Like that must feel like yesterday when you first started. Uh, no, not at all. Um, it feels like forever ago. Yeah, but I do remember, like literally remember, vivid. Yeah. Fucking memories and like intricate details. Yeah. About the first kitchen I ever worked in. Mm-hmm. Um, my mentor that I worked under was Alex, and he was, well, his name's Alexander Sven. Um, he owns Cafe Seven and a Quarter, I think it's called, in Winnipeg. Okay. If it's still open. But at the time, he uh, managed a kitchen called the Tapping Grill. Yeah. Which was then, well, originally it was Basil's, then Tapping Grill, then Basil's, and now it's sold off. But uh, okay. Jimmy Lavagopoulos owned a huge portion of Osborne Village in Winnipeg. And, uh, very high-end, classy, stylish, yeah. artsy style food, right? Like, a lot of the stuff you see nowadays, we were doing that 30 years ago. Yeah, so sort, of like, sort of like Michelin star, high expectations, yeah. really, really fine dining. Yeah. But I mean, we were doing like the same things we're doing now, like the preserved yeah. tomatoes, we were doing okay. all this crap, like the same yeah. shit, like exactly, yeah. like to a T. So nothing's really changed over the 30 yeah. years that I've cooked, yeah. like honestly. I think that it's, uh, I think it's funny you mentioned that, that you can see like vivid details because I still there's I can tell you my kitchen layout perfect yeah there's I can tell you what was in each drawer it's 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 fucking weird man stuff, like, it, it's so that you can remember like yeah well this is what was in the walk-in and this is what was on yeah. the left and this was what was on the shelf and this was what was on this list and it's fucking my just favorite like, meal I still have recipes I numbers still use and recipes some of these and, recipes like yeah. my Caesar dressing yeah same one I've used for 28 years. Yeah. The, uh, my Kung Pao chicken recipe, I actually stole that from Earl's. Nice. Right. Cause they do a really good Kung Pao chicken. And when I was there, I was like, oh, fuck. I'll find a way to cook this. So the other day when I cooked it for, uh, Louie at the modern restaurant, he, uh, he's like, holy fuck, man, it looks good. I'm like, well, uh, what do you think? He's like, yeah, we could possibly put it on the menu. So I was pretty yeah, excited about that. You know, like there's certain what kind of noodles we use. I uh, use the big Shanghai ones, or I we didn't have any. I think I just used uh, linguine. Oh, noodles the closest to the ones that I could find. Mm, you know, we should get a big fat Shanghai. Yeah, do a house like a homemade one. Yeah, like that one literally you could just roll with your hands. Because what I do with my kung pao is I'll uh, I'll roast off the chili peppers first in the wok mm. with like a tablespoon of oil, so you get that nice charred flavor to the peppers, and then you add your uh, your protein. 
and you cook off your chicken in the oil that's like, so you get your spice in your chicken as well. But do you marinate your chicken prior? I don't. I put the... Always put your chicken with a little bit of soy sauce. Yeah. Cornstarch, like after you sliced it yeah. up. A little bit of cornstarch, some soy sauce. Yeah. Mix it all together. Just let it sit for half an hour. Really? Hour. If you're doing any kind of Asian style cooking, yeah. you want to do that with your beef, your pork, and your chicken. Hmm. Guaranteed. I didn't know that. Guaranteed. Definitely. Usually what I would do is, because uh, like I said, I stole the recipe from Earl's, right? So mm-hmm. we use hoisin, and they have it there at, uh, at Louis. So I was like, oh, fuck, I know what I'm making for lunch today. And I grabbed all my uh, veggies and stuff, and, you know, all the Filipino guys just looking at me like, <laughs> drugs or something. He's like, what the fuck? This guy's using a wok and hoisin and bok choy and, like, all these, right? Oh, and, at least uh, you got that shit. Yeah, and he goes, uh... He goes, man, that looks like the pansig, which is one of the Filipino dishes that they do there. What's right? it called? It's called pansig, I think. Okay. Pansig tacton or something like I, I don't know. But it's like a kung pao chicken, sort of, but just with pork, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. And um, is essentially what I've found it to be, but... How do you spell that? I'll check it out quick. Pansig, I think it's called. P-A-N. P-A-N-S-I-G. One word? Yeah. Oh, okay. Did you find it? Post officer. Oh, pen singing tomorrow? Maybe. Nope. Definitely not that. Hmm. That's some East Indian singer. I'll have to get the name from you so you can look it up. But they use like really those thin, thin noodles. Oh, uh, Capellini? Yeah. Or angel hair? Yeah. They use, I think they use angel hair or even like rice noodles. Nice. Okay, Pansing. Tacton or something? I don't know what it's called. Not Tomar? No. I can't find out. No. I'll probably, have, I'll, I'll look up what the actual, like I'll write down the name for you so you can look yeah, it up. Yeah, I'll check it out. And, uh. I was interested. But yeah, no, like there's even certain things like he was, uh, he was going to throw a walk away in the garbage. Take that. And no, he threw it in the garbage. I'm like, what are you doing? So I grabbed a cloth and some salt and pepper. Oh, it's when you were re-seasoned it? Yeah, yeah. And I turned it over and cranked it up and uh, I scrubbed it with salt and he's like, huh, no more rust. I'm like, yeah, it's because I seasoned it. Because if you don't season your walks, they get rusty. And I learned that when I was a 14-year-old kid. You know, so I still, there's still things from way back in the day that I bring into the fold now. Well, you need that old school. Yeah. You have to have that old school. I think that's the foundation of everything traditional you actually learn. Yeah. This is how it all starts, right? There's a big problem, I think, with with younger, I I say younger kids because I'm a 22-year-old in the kitchen where, you know, I'm not 17 or like I, or 14 like I was when I started, right? A kid in the kitchen is 16 now. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, though, is they're really entitled. And they think that you owe them something. Well, That's, the entire generation, this new generation, yeah. that's, that's their mentality, period. Dad, yeah, you need a truck. Okay. It's scary that, like, their whole goal is to be, like, Instagram famous, Facebook famous, yeah. make me famous, like me, love me, and they're doing heart it, me. Too. And it's that's crazy sad that people are making idiots famous. Yeah. Like I, that. Moved, I moved out when I was 15. Yeah. I had fucking three jobs. And I went to school. Yeah. Oh, plus I had a girlfriend, so I mean, like, that right there yeah. was the worst. I was out when I was 17, and I actually left, I, I left high school, I think, to pursue cooking. And uh, 
Because I. I had uh, I had a staff meeting that was mandatory, and it was in the middle of an exam, and it was in English class. And my teacher said, "Well, you need to be here for this." And I said, "Well, you know what? Um, here's the thing. I have my own place. Like, not yeah. unlike a lot of these young people, um, maybe some of them do. I don't know. But when you have your own place, you got to pay rent, and this meeting is mandatory. And if I don't go to it, I'll lose my job. Mm. So I have to go. It's not." May yeah, I go? For an option. It's not a question. I'll, I'll I'm telling back. you, I'll be back on Friday to get my homework. And I did that for a couple, like I would miss days and days and days and just fucking on a Friday night after I closed the kitchen, I'd be sitting there with a fucking mountain of homework like this, like algebra, math, everything. Yeah. I and, remember it well. Oh, fuck, man. <laughs> like I, I couldn't do it well. anymore. I was just, it was just to the point where I was closing kitchens full time. My mom was not happy about that. That I was closing kitchens full time and then going to school in, in the daytime because I basically get off school, go to work, come home at two in the morning and do it all over again. Imagine right? being 17 and running a hotel. Oh, God. I can't, had, I can't uh, fucking imagine that. There was 86 suites or 87 suites God. in the building. And I managed the whole entire uh, kitchen plus the front of the house. Well, sorry, my ex fiance yeah. uh, ran the front of the house and then I had to fire her because she did a horrible job. And then I was running the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was interesting too. But uh, between that and school, they were yeah. super understanding. And that's the thing. Like, when I, when I was a young young person, I knew that if I wanted something, I had to work for it. Mm -hmm. And my mom brought me up like that at a, at a very young age. Because I remember asking her, like, hey, the new uh, Air Jordans came out. Or something like that, yeah. right? Like some fucking fancy new thing that I wanted. And she's like, I'll tell you what. Walk down the street to that sushi joint. Because there's a sign in the window, and go and say you need a job washing dishes. There you go. And in two weeks, you'll be able to afford those shoes. See this right here? Yeah. This literally is the entire excuse for my impeccable work ethic. Really? The Slurpee. The Slurpee. If I ever wanted a Slurpee, yeah. my dad would say, okay, you have to earn the money. It's either clean the main floor, you know, clean yeah. the dishes, clean the kitchen, the dining room, living room, vacuum, blah, blah, blah. Um, rake the leaves, do something, right? Do dishes, yeah. whatever, right? And from age, what, six, seven years old, I would have to earn a buck thirteen because at the time, you know, Biggest Slurpees yeah. just went for 99 cents. We got taxed with Brian Mulrooney. Woo, free trade, fuck you. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's, uh, everything went up. And uh, so, yeah, I had to literally earn everything I did. Mm -hmm. So I ended up doing flyers and then papers yeah. and then Dickie D. You know, and then it was... Uh, what's what's uh, what's Dickie D? Dickie D was those ice cream bikes. Okay. Bike. Oh, <laughs> shit. Okay. Oh, yeah, man. Like, Damn. I was like 9, 10 years old. I've been around on one of those things. But it was good, right? It was good work. And then uh, it was right into yard work, yeah. right? And did yard work. I like, mm -hmm. just walk up and down. Ended up having, you know, uh, a 7, 8 regular customers mm -hmm. that I tended to their yards and stuff like that. I have to ask, um, did you ever get tempted at any point to make off with that fucking bicycle? Oh, hell no. That's, that's a lot of ice cream, man. I think it was horrible. No, you had to pay for the ice cream. Oh, did you? Yeah, if they, if they melted, I'd have to pay for it. Oh, shit. So, so if you didn't show up, they'd just bill you or send oh, a bill to your house? Or? I, well, I'd have to go pick up the bike. Like, oh. I'd need somebody with the bike. Then they'd fully charge it. Like, like yeah. fill it up. Then they give me a float. I sign off on everything. And then oh. I build my own float. And this and is so when after, you were nine, right? Yeah. So after <laughs> a couple of days, when I have my own float, they stop giving me a float. And then I start buying my own ice cream off of him yeah. and then I can make my own cut off of it plus sell his ice cream out of it plus he's got a driver yeah. 
You'd think that somebody would have tried it, right? Like, yeah. you're giving a nine-year-old kid a big container full of ice cream. And the thing was, we were kids. Yeah. Like, you didn't need your social insurance. Those were children. That they're yeah. saying, okay, but it was, like getting, it was like getting a flyer. Yeah. A job delivering flyers, yeah. right? You just, hey, man, I don't want to do this for the day. Okay. okay. Pay 20 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, or something like Sign that. Sign this piece of paper. Yeah. yeah. We'll give you a float. You want to keep at this? This is what happens, right? And yeah. I kept it for two or three months. I remember it was like... That's fucking child plus, labor, man. Plus 36 oh, or God. plus 35 out. I'm ripping down uh, Montrose Avenue in uh, in Winnipeg there. Yeah. And I full-on passed out. I oh. woke up and I had gone over the curb and into like a little tiny pit. The whole bike fell down. I went sideways. I ended up having oh, to get the whole thing up. Being nine years old, you know, these are like 200 yeah. plus pounds, right? Yeah. And I wiggled my ass over to the, the video one thousand and one, made a phone call. Video one thousand and one. Screw this! I'm done. I'm done doing this. Yeah. Stop doing that. Oh god. Yeah. That's since I don't know. I I couldn't do it. If somebody at nine years old were to hand me a crate full of ice cream and said, "Go do this, this," I'd be in the park all day, oh, slamming man. back fudgios or whatever. Oh no, I was at the park, but yeah, I was selling shit. Yeah, which is good too. That's what's there. really crazy though, is that. They would never let something like that fly today. No. Never. Like, quite. if you found out that, like, your nine-year-old kid, somebody was making them count a float and this and that, yeah. and da-da-da, you'd be like, well, where's the labor standards and what what the hell are you well, guys, the that's the hell are you guys doing here, man? That's a nine-year-old. That's why they don't allow you to work until you're, like, 14 or yeah. 15, I guess it is. Yeah. I was... 16 uh, in Winnipeg. I, I, I was 14 at Moxie's. My parents had to sign a form <laughs> to say that, basically, if I got fucked up in the kitchen, mm. they weren't responsible. When I was 11 and 12, I worked at uh, my very first ever kitchen job was mm-hmm. at Nibbler's Nosh yeah. for my friend Euron's family. And uh, I was just busting and doing dishes and stuff okay. like that, which, yeah. which was great, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, like we were young. And mm-hmm. If we had anybody find out that we were actually working there, we would have gotten a lot of shit. But he was a family. Like it was his family. I don't think that you guys so would have gotten could, shit. I think they would have Well, they would have gotten shit. shit. I don't think that. I would have lost my job. But yeah. so I had to go get a social insurance number. Yeah. Um, which I got when I was 11 anyway. Yeah. Um, which I said I was legally allowed to work. So that's when I went out and got another oh, job. Okay. And that's when I ran into Alexander Sven and worked under him for two years. Fuck. That was fucking amazing. Yeah. The metalhead, his hair was like down past his ass. Jesus. Yeah. The Little Mermaid movie just came out like two years prior. So he named his daughter Ursula. And oh, she God. would sing when she was like three, four years old. She would sing a Slayer Dead, Dead Skin Mask. Oh, like God. word for word. <laughs> oh, jeez, oh, that man. No, that's great. that's one thing that I realized about young people nowadays. They have no work ethic. No, like, there isn't. And it's like I've had frying pans thrown at my face. I've been called a cunt, and oh, get the fuck out of my kitchen, and yeah. calls me back like an hour later. Hey, man, I'm sorry. Can you come back? I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I won't do it again. You know I love you. But you know what I mean. Like I've been. When I was growing up in kitchens, they were bad, man. Like, they didn't give a they fuck. They were rough. Yeah. They, they were ruthless, man. Yeah. They didn't give a fuck. I remember no. that... Um, and you smoking them and shit like that? That was gross. That was before my time. That was fucking gross. I what was that like? Up. Fuck. Um, well, I would always go out the back door, so it didn't really bother me all so much. Yeah. But if you were in the kitchen, sometimes, like, right online, some guys would be, like, working the broiler and have an ashtray up in the corner. Like, never go to... Shit. Never, ever go to golf's. Steakhouse in Regina. Really? There was a German guy two years ago. He was still doing that. <gasps> still. Doing was he an old school guy though? Oh yeah. Like real, like old oh, yeah. timer. Yeah, he's like in his sixties. Oh okay. He's <clears throat> old school German yeah. fucking chef. Like this guy was pretty hardcore. Makes a mean ass steak though. Yeah. Yeah. 
Make it really cool steak. Now they used to do it like back in the day. It was like super socially acceptable. Yeah. I I only remember. McDonald's. I yeah, that's the thing. I was gonna say. I remember smoking rooms in McDonald's. Wasn't even smoking rooms. When they I used to have when I grew up, there yeah. was uh, McDonald's. Literally, they had like a boat that was a sunken boat. Yeah, and have all like that. There's Fry Guy and Grimace and the oh, hamburger okay. and everything. Yeah, like sculptures everywhere. It was really cool. Right, it's like going into like a playground, right? Like, like yeah, going into an actual pirate yeah, ship. Yeah, but the pirate ship, you actually sit. Your tables were on it. Oh, sideways oh and stuff, right? okay. And then, like, all the chairs were like Fry Guys throughout the whole place. Yeah, but uh, every table had an ashtray. Everyone. Yeah. Right. And then afterwards, when they did all these renovations, they put these walls in. It had like bars setting so you could stand up or you could sit on the high stools. Plus you had tables. Really? So they had one section where you couldn't smoke and then two huge sections where you could smoke. So you walked into McDonald's and you couldn't see across, across the entire fucking store. That's the thing. Like every kid yeah. from my high school, because yeah. the high school was right across the uh -huh. McDonald's, every single kid would go over there and just smoke all lunch hour. Yeah. That's all they did. That was fucking So hard. that was like the smoker's pit. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. I remember like, I think I remember the first time I actually saw... And I think it's like the only time too, because I just have this vivid memory of going into a restaurant with my mom and her husband at the time and my brother, because we were on the road a lot, uh, traveling between BC and Alberta. And um, <clears throat> I look over and there's this fucking pane of glass like this. And I look and it's just smoke and you can't see inside the room. Ugh. And I'm like, as a kid, like as a five-year-old kid, you're like, what's in there? Yeah. That looks but I think about it now, and being like a smoker, yeah. it's how much, how many cigarettes do you have to smoke to fill up that chamber with smoke? Yeah, that's a lot. Like, that's gross. And yeah, no, but that's really the only experience I've had with like seeing smoking in restaurants or things like that. I don't really, oh. I think it was a little bit, but just ended just after I was born. Yeah. It must have been in the late 90s, yeah, early 2000s. Like 90s or something like no. that. Some, something like that anyway. But before that, like it was yeah. everywhere. So yeah, no, I, I, was, uh, I was talking to this guy at Louis and he said, you used to be able to smoke like in the back of the kitchen as well. Yeah. Like on the line. Smoke. Yeah, you would stand on the line yeah. and have a cigarette. Yeah. Just like, and he's, smoke off And he said like, he was telling me like that. athletes used to do it as yeah. well. Yeah. Right? Uh, like, uh, who was it? Uh, Mickey Mantle for the New York Yankees, I think. He played for the Yankees yeah, way, yeah. way back in the yeah. day, like in the 60s. And uh, there was a newspaper clipping that this guy had shown me that said uh, Mickey Mantle enjoys a nice, smooth camel cigarette in the dugout before his hit or, you know, something like that. And just the way that they advertise these things, yeah, like yeah. Marlboro, the cool cigarette, right? Oh, you know, fuck. The Marlboro yeah. Man. Well, have you ever watched Mad Men? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, like, literally... That's how it was. Like it was yeah. badass back in the day, right? Like people, guys were hard it's like James Dean walking down the beach in his leather jacket and he's smoking. Yeah. <sighs> you know, the Marilyn Monroe thing. You know what I mean? Breakfast at Tiffany's. All it was like a pop culture thing. Yeah. And now it's still cool, but they've they've turned it into like vaping now. So yeah, that to me is cool on a different. Like now, if you see somebody who smokes, huh. generally they're more of a rougher, rugged person. Yeah, somebody who's a little bit more. Realistic and yeah. optimistic, not mm -hmm. so, you know. Stuck in their ways? Conservative. Well, you know, they're not like completely routine. It's not somebody who yeah. wakes up every morning. I got to work out. I got to iron my clothes. Got to go, gotta go to the gym. I got to go to Booster Juice. I got to. You know, it's not. Yeah. Like, if you, you're going to lead a predictable life in order to have yourself a, a healthy life, yeah. you need to just. 
leave it all and leave it all behind and just flow with everything. You don't need to exercise every day. Yeah. You don't need that shit. You need, like, you need to do stuff, but you don't need to physically make your, make yourself a routine. Yeah, that's the you thing. Know? That's the thing that I think a lot of people now how nowadays have trouble with is that happy medium. Mm-hmm. that you're talking about right like yeah. for me like sometimes i'll do push-ups in the morning or sometimes i won't like exactly. sometimes i'll fucking wake up feeling like a bag of dog shit because i just ate a pizza the by myself the night before and other nights i'll wake up or other mornings i'll wake up and i'll have a cup of black coffee and an oatmeal because i'm trying to be healthy yeah right? well, and, and i mean if and you do this on, on, a, on a regular routine yeah for so long like it takes 21 days to train your mind to do something yeah. right so it takes basically that's, 21, that's what I heard, days, 21 days or, to develop a habit or, well exactly in, in right. a sense and so this this enables your whole body to constantly do this right yeah now if you do this for a long period of time now you miss one day you literally yeah. do feel like shit oh yeah right you eat something different you literally do feel like shit now why do you want to subject your entire life to this one certain style of fucking living yeah. Or that if you miss even so much as one day, you're ill. Yeah. That basically tells me you're like a fucking heroin addict. Yeah. You go one day, you're going to get the fucking DTs or you're going to get soggy or That's the thing with soft, cigarettes. Soft that's, stuff. Like, that's, that's when I realized I was addicted to cigarettes because I remember when I first started smoking, I think it was like 12 or 13, right? And, you know, I learned how to do it properly because I wanted to smoke because I wanted to be like my dad. Because mm-hmm. I said, my dad's a hardworking dude because at the time he was sober and he was working. So my dad's a hardworking dude and he smokes a pack a day. I always say like, oh, he's a pack a day man, and he's rough, and he's, and that was like the thing, right? right? And uh, so I said, you know, if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it right. So I smoked an entire pack of his cigarettes. I looked up how to do it on the internet, and fuck me, dude. Oh, I thought I was gonna die. Like a whole, like a whole pack in one sitting. I thought I was gonna die, man. Oh, it was so bad. And then I think. You know what I mean? Because I, I remember like doing that and feeling like shit. Yeah. And I'm like, is this fucking what smoking is? Because I don't want to fucking do this. This is what it's <laughs> going to fucking do to me. Right? Because you get that head rush when you first start out and whatever. And then I get the head rush for a while and I get used to it. And I'm like, is this what being high is like? This is kind of nice. Like, I kind of like this. And then after a while, the head rush started to go away. And you just feel green. And nauseous. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the same thing with me now is that if I go a couple days without smoke or even like a day without smoking a cigarette and I wake up the next morning, my body cycle, the, you know, digestion and everything else, all the cycles go through and I wake up the next morning with a fresh restarted system. And if I have a cigarette, not having had one the day before, I feel like shit. Oh, really? I get like really dizzy and fucking. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a given. Yeah. I guess to understand it, it ups your blood pressure, right? Your heart yeah. rate, like all that stuff instantly. Yeah. That's why people are like, oh, I smoke a joint one, or I smoke a cigarette when I smoke a joint, it gets you more high. No, yeah. it doesn't. It just elevates your fucking heart rate. That's, yeah. You know, exactly. It's biology. Yeah. Is. But um, what it does is, like, it, it kicks, it kickstarts, because it is a drug, right? Mm-hmm. Right? So it, it kickstarts. Yeah. So, of course, if you don't have it for a day, and then all of a sudden you have it, yeah, it's going to do you in. Like, you know, I, I barely smoke at all, right? So, yeah. Like, you I smoke, know, you smoke I, at work, well, and that's about I, it. And, exactly. And, and you come out on the deck once in a while, hey, just go for a smoke or something like that. Yeah, but you aside from that, like, I don't... Not I a big smoke. Week. No, I can yeah. go weeks, two weeks, three weeks. Like, I can go however long ago I have one. I'm okay with it, but yeah. I've also smoked for, you know, since I was eight and a half years old. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... I'm talking, oh, shit, it's almost 34 years. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Exactly. Yeah. This is why everybody calls my grandpa at work. <laughs> 
Because I, uh, I remember like some people asking me, like, why don't you just quit, man? And I want to turn around and be like, because when I wake up in the morning, my body tells me that the first thing I need is a cigarette. So there's a chemical imbalance in my body that tells me that I need that. Mm -hmm. So I'm addicted to that substance. That's why I don't just quit. You know what I mean? Because they are. They're addictive. They're a drug. As, as, as much as people say that they're not, like people, even like some people who drink, they're like, I don't do drugs and they've got a beer in their hand. It's like, what's yeah. that in your hand, man? Like that'll... Well, that, well, that's not as he... That'll rot your liver. That'll do things to your body. That, but that's not... It's a... Uh, what do they classify that now? A disorder or disease? A disease. Alcoholism is, is a disease. Yeah. But heroin, crack, cocaine, yeah. um, all these things, those are addictions. Yeah. You know, opiates, like opioids, whatever, mm -hmm. like all that, that, those are addictions. Yeah. But like alcohol, they straight do it, right? Mm -hmm. so the exact same thing as an alcoholic does. So I don't see how that's a disease. Yeah. Okay, so it's, they're saying it's triggered and it's hereditary, right? I think it can become a disease if you let it become a disease like anything else. I think like laziness can be a disease well, exactly. if you're a fucking fat slob and well, you don't do shit all day. Well, when you think about this, they say... It's inherited, passed on, right? Like yeah. alcoholism, right? Well, no, not necessarily. What is inherited is that your child watching you drink your entire time growing up. Yeah. Right? Like, I quit drinking when I was 19. Yeah. Best thing I ever fucking did. Yeah. Literally, best thing I ever did. Um, I look at some of my friends now, they're still pissed ass. Yeah. You know, they wait for the weekend and they go out and party. Well, like, you're not 16 anymore. Yeah. You know, you're not 17 anymore. It's, like, and that's the th You know what the thing that, that uh, really changed my aspect? Because I used to be like that when I was 18. Everybody was. I, I was just like, fuck it, yeah, I'm 18, I'm going to fucking smash. And then I looked at my dad and I'm like, this dude's 63 years old and his brain is fucking mush. Mm -hmm. 63 years old is not that old. People say, I'm no. old, right? You got another solid 25 years if you if you take care of yourself. Yep. You know what I mean? So I looked at him and I'm like, and I, it kind of all clicked one day when I was, I think, 19 or something. Mm -hmm. And I realized, because I would always try and help him, right? Like I, I watched him come down off heroin when I was eight years old. Yeah. Right? So I was always in that codependency stage is what they call it. Mm -hmm. Like codependent of an alcoholic or codependent of a drug. Do you think that you're responsible for helping them? Yeah. And then it clicked in my head. That this guy's sick. This guy may not have been sick when he started doing this. He might have just been like partying or something else like that. But now at this point in time, my dad's, I know that he's really sick and he's the only one that can fix it. Cause like you said, it's a choice mm -hmm. and um, he's got to make that choice and nobody can make it for him. Well, exactly. And I had to realize that. And it took me years and I had that chip on my shoulder for years about like, well, I could have done more and I could have done this yeah. and I could have done that. And then I realized like, you know, this guy's going to drink if he wants to. You know what I mean? Well, exactly. And well, you start seeing the heavier shit. Like when I was a kid, you didn't, I didn't see much of it because he was always off partying. Mm -hmm. Which is what I was, I'm not like, I don't know if thankful would be the right word. You know what I mean? But I'm, I'm, I'm grateful in a sense that he didn't really expose me to all that. Well, that's good, yeah. You know what I mean? He would go out for two or three he days. He was courteous enough to do that. He was one of those guys. He'd, yeah. he'd sneak out so he didn't have to, I didn't have to see him leave or mm. whatever. But, you know, it was hard. And it's just gotten to the thing where I got used to it. I, I wouldn't even... I think it was like 12 or 13 when I just got used to it, right? And I'm like, well, it's payday again. And I would go out. And that's when I started really running amok. Because yeah. I knew that this dude's not going to be home until Monday. Exactly. You so, can do what you want. Nobody's you know, there, right? I do whatever I want. My grandma was really elderly, which is, these are like some of the personal demons that I deal with. I'm like, I really took advantage of them 
like when they were, when I was a when I was a teenager. Mm. My mom goes, "Well, you were a teenager. Teenagers do stupid shit." That's what we do. And I kind of, you know, like I would. It'd be Friday night, and it'd be like, "Yo, uh, my dad got his paycheck. He's probably gonna bounce for a couple of days. Can I come stay at your place, or can I come, you know?" Or I'd have like people like I was really into the church when I was younger, right? Mm-hmm. So I'd have people at the church like they bring me to their house, right? When I was younger, I'd say, "Hey, like come sleep over on a." Thursday night, right? A day before payday. And I didn't understand why. Hey, little boy. And then it, yes, and, father. And then it, but you know what I mean? And then, it, uh, and then it clicked, right? I'm like, these people didn't want me to see that. So they'd be like, hey, you know, come yeah. spend the weekend yeah. with us. Hang out with us so you don't and, need to see this. You know, you, know, you don't you need to see your dad. And I've seen my dad, like, at his worst. I've seen my dad burnt out with no money on a Sunday morning. You know what I mean? And he had just got, he was a, he was a taper. He's getting paid 20 bucks an hour. So he was getting good coin. He was making good money. And that was back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like, he was making good money. He was like, and he was like the lead taper too. So he'd be like, okay, he's in charge of this floor and this floor and this floor. And he had laborers underneath him and stuff. So he would come home. I think I saw his paycheck one time. It was like 2800 bucks or something in two weeks or something. Like he'd work crazy hours. <clears throat> no kidding. And uh, he didn't drink much back then. Um, you know, he'd go. He, he was pretty good during the week. Mm-hmm. Which is what I was, you know, he was home at night during the week because he was broke. Yeah. And that's what I realize now that, you know, he'd come home, we'd watch cartoons, he'd put me to bed. And then on the weekend, it was just fucking See ya. full yeah. fucking cylinders yeah. later, right out the door. And then, yeah, like I said, it took me years to realize that you can't change that in people. No. And uh, the last, I think the last time my dad wanted to come with me to the airport, I had to say no, because I'm like, you're, you're drunk. I can't have yeah, you no. drunk in an airport, man. It's, well, it's not an option. I can't afford to miss this flight. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I, um, yeah. So like being in a kitchen, like for a long time, have you mentored anybody? Cause I know you mentored me a little bit when we first started oh, yeah. when I was working with you at night and you were teaching I've, me. Uh, mentored several people actually. Yeah. Um, my two that I'm the most proud of would be Chris Tower and uh, Justin Kreiser. Yeah. Both of them ended up going to like high end quality yeah. uh, schools and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And did like you know three four year courses mm-hmm. and established themselves. And then Chris ended up going and uh, becoming a brewmaster, where now he's in Toronto, really uh, running a brewery. Yeah, helping run a brewery. Actually, Chef was friends with them. Oh, really? Yeah, he used to sell. Uh, Beer to him, craft beer to him over in uh, Regina there. Oh, that's nifty. Yeah, so it's kind of weird. Like yeah. they actually knew each other. It was weird. Yeah, it was fucked up. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of there's a lot of real estate here about restaurants and stuff. You were saying that that place down the street, uh, the Panda Two or whatever. Every couple yeah. of years, it changes owners. Every couple, of, like every year. Is that because I think it, last year they like, went through why two do you, people? Or? Why do you think that is? Is it just no business um, or no? They gambled themselves. The last people gambled themselves into the hole. Really? Right. They had VLTs there. Well, maybe it was it might have been the people before them. They had VLTs there, and what they were doing was just clearing out the VLT to put the money back in the VLT, put the money back in the VLT until you know you know thousands of dollars down, right? Yeah. And they weren't making enough profit. Last time I so seen they it, were you know, using the VLTs. Yeah. The staff. Yeah. Isn't like that legal? Owners. Well, yeah. Yeah. But like they had to pay the money back, right? Yeah. But it put the restaurant bankrupt, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, but I mean, like the last three owners, I believe, have all been family. They've sold it to the next family, to, oh, the next family, okay. to a cousin, whatever. Yeah. So it's never really changed. Just the name has changed. Like, for the but past the same times. people have been there. But the same people have pretty much been there. This time, it's a little bit different. Yeah. They got new people. And for like 
from what I've seen, it's actually quite busy. Yeah. Like, there's a lot more people there this year, in the past two months, month and a half, that's been open than I've seen there in three years. Really? Yeah. Like, last three restaurants. But when it was Golden Lion or Lion's Palace or something like that, like, about ten years ago, hmm. that place was bumping. Really? Yeah, it was, like, top notch. But that location itself needs, like, more burger joint. Yeah. Was that still, like, on the south side, or? What's that? Like... That was still the only restaurant on the south side, I mean? Yep. So that would be why, like, it's it was pumping up back then. Well, it was just, and it was good. Like, it was good. Yeah, like, it was really good, food. good food. Yeah, like, yeah. high-end quality, uh, authentic. Like, it was authentic Chinese food. Oh, so it wasn't American Chinese Yeah, food. well, it wasn't, North, it hadn't been, like, North Americanized, right? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't your traditional, yeah. Chicken chow mein and your peas yeah, and rice. Yeah, exactly. And right. Soy like, sauce and... The basic stuff, right? Yeah. You know, they had, like, actual good... Like cow's Hard tongue and gochujang well, and traditional ingredients like that. Had, yeah, that's messed up stuff. Yeah, <laughs> we'll say that. I got the. Uh, I, I got no love. I didn't get to enjoy it. It was closed, like right before I moved here oh, in two thousand nine. Okay. Yeah, um, literally like right before I moved here, mm-hmm. uh, they shut down. So I never got to enjoy it. But my ex swears by it. Her mother swears by it. Yeah, everybody I've ever talked to swears by it. Like. Casey's name is Wong's with nothing compared to this. Although Wong's does have the best steak cube. Really? I've ever had, yeah. Hmm. Which is pretty impressive because yeah. it's kind of a, you like it or you don't. Yeah, it's, it's a really hit or miss kind of thing with yeah. a lot of people. But they like, and we get chunks of like, one yeah. and a half inch chunks of like hardcore steak. Oh, jeez. So oh, so I remember I used to munch on steak bites. Those were one of my favorite mm. snacks. They had like these boneless little steak bites that they had, and it, they were really good. Nice. And uh, yeah, you were saying about a burger joint down yeah. in that in that place. You put old school, like old school, like really old school. I'm like fifties like, or well, like, well, pretty much fifties, sixties diner, right? But you don't need like the bar with the little stools on it. Okay. You only get booths and stuff like that. Have you, you ever maybe have a jukebox? Okay. Like, everybody can play. Yeah. Um, you take that little parking lot area out front and you fence it off. Yeah, actually put tables out there, right? Oh, and then okay. maybe once a month, sort of, yeah, throughout summer, you have like a live band or like you know on the weekends have people like you, like you like to go out and play. Yeah, like, you busk or do whatever yeah. you do, right? So I mean, come and have like a live act, you know, once a mm-hmm. week, once a month, whatever. Like outside, outside on yeah, a stage, just to bring yeah. like more bring people into it, right? I mean, you got the co-op parking lot across the street after yeah. a certain amount or a certain time. Nobody parks there. You right? can park across the street, exactly, yeah. right? Like, so that's not a bad thing. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of people that walk, like, from the Fairview area. Yeah. And, like, on to, like, the west side of mm-hmm. uh, Central and, like, behind Co-op. They all walk down to the park, right, to go get ice cream. Oh, yeah. So now, in the summertime when that the summertime, Dairy right? King, is it well, called? Exactly. Well, uh, or what's the ice cream shop that people go to down here? Creekside or something oh, okay. like that. okay, yeah. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, people walk all the way over there. Because right? there's a like, huge yeah. community of kids around here, right? There's a lot of kids around oh, yeah, here, right? Oh, yeah, of course. So uh, they all walk past there. So then, uh, on their way, boom, there's a burger joint, right? Yeah. You get your traditional burgers. Burgers, fries, fries milkshakes. You know, milkshake like yeah. all the fun stuff. Sundays, um, you know, have homemade pies, crap like that. But keep it traditional. Yeah. Make your own buns. Like, you mm-hmm. very basic burgers. I didn't tell. Uh, what you want, right? Have you seen that movie, um, The Founder? About the no. founder of McDonald's? No. Not the McDonald's brothers, but this guy called Ray Kroc. It's on Netflix, I think. You should really check it out. Huh. Um, my, gran- my grandma almost bought into McDonald's. Really? $52,000 would have bought her into the franchise in 1966 or 67. I think. In uh, Winnipeg. And it was it, they had a caboose on it, like an actual uh, yeah. 
training caboose mm -hmm. and they used to do birthday parties in there, yep. right? Ended up being the most like the number one McDonald's in all of Winnipeg. She didn't she turned it down, <laughs> right? Said it was worthless. Yeah. Wasn't gonna make it. That's Three the same, years, like, my grandma, it wasn't, the world, right? my grandma, she was 97, it wasn't a McDonald's, but it was, um, I don't know if you've ever been to Vancouver, um, it was a property in what's now British Properties, which is, like, the most expensive area in Vancouver. Oh, I don't know. There's, like, $11 million average house. Oh, nice. Is there. And she turned it down because she's like, well, you know, it's, it's a shack, and it's, it's garbage, and it's not going to go anywhere, it's in the middle of nowhere, but people love that now. Because yeah. if you walk down like West 2nd in Vancouver, if you go over the Granville Street Bridge and walk down West 2nd and then turn right into that ritzy area with all the trees, mm -hmm. it's just forest. And then you have the gates and you can't see into their yards and it's nice and private. And you, like I was working construction, right? So I got to work on uh, David Aguilini's house, who's the general manager of the Vancouver Canucks. Nice. And he was doing a $9 million addition onto an $11 million house. Holy put it over there fuck, man. Over. No, like he had like a squash. It was like something out of Total Recall, man. Like he had a squash court that he pressed a button. Like he called me over. He said, hey, check this out. And he pressed a button and this concrete thing came out of the fucking wall of the parking structure of the house and went. <laughs> like a fucking spy movie. I'm like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like he yeah. had he had fake grass the whole nine yards. He's trying to figure out where he's gonna put this bench, and he can't decide where he's gonna put this bench outside, like a park bench. It looked like a park. Wow. His yard was fucking huge, man. Sounds like Delowry in Regina, that auto guy. When's all the auto dealers? I don't know who that is. Um, I think they're East Indian. Anyway, he owns like uh, six or seven uh, car dealerships, like yeah. uh, in. Well, across in a couple of different provinces. Mm -hmm. He knows a bunch of Regina and a bunch of Winnipeg and his brothers and stuff like that and cousins. But uh, his house, we went to his house um, for a party for some reason. I can't remember what. Yeah. Or catering something. Yeah. And he's got the, like a four-story theater. <laughs> like a full-size four-story theater. Inside. Yeah. He's got elevators. He's got like a whole front. Like the thing's freaking huge. It looked like a hotel. Yeah. Like literally it looked yeah. like a hotel. His place was He had enormous. this guy, I remember I walked into his house because I was doing like cement finishing on the outside of the parking lot and the carpenter had asked me to help him with something. I don't know because I was just like the guy who, who I kind of lied my way into a cement finishing job <laughs> and I got busted by one of the guys but he didn't rat me out. He says, uh, he says, how are you liking this job, man? Like any other sites you worked on, right? And he knew like from the go that I had no fucking idea what I was doing. Like batterboards and all that. He's shit, been a, he's right? been a cement finisher for like twenty years, right? Okay, what is what's the finishing part? Like um, just, you know when the pour? you know when you have like um, not just the pour. It's like I was mainly just doing the touch ups where the rebar would come in and the yeah. you know like how they have like rebar drilled into the structure yeah. and yeah. then they yeah. cut it off and fill it with a plug and then cement over it. Yeah. that's what I was doing, and uh, I was patching up you know, walls on the outer parking structure and stuff like that. So Setting just sealant and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Sealant yeah. and yeah. like the black. Did you, have, did you have to brush the lines? Yeah. The sidewalks yeah. too? Yeah. With, the, with the brushes? Yeah. I used to do concrete. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. I did a lot of foundation. Work. Concrete pouring is really fun. I love, I, like I love working. I love working with concrete. Really but, good. um, yeah, no, I, he, he goes, yeah, I like doing uh, finishing. How about you? I said, yeah. He said, yeah, I just wish we had better mags. And he knew I had no idea what the fuck I was talking about. And I was like, what? There's no mags. He's like, mags. And he pulls out this fucking thing that's, I know it is a trowel, because my dad's a uh, drywall guy, but they, is I it guess. Is the big, long wood one? Yeah. They're called mags? Yeah. 
And he goes, yeah, I just wish we had better mags on the site. And I'm like, yeah, man, for sure. He's like, do you know what a mag is? And I'm like, not a clue. And he's like, well, fake it till you make it, buddy. Pats me on the shoulder, fucks off doing what he's doing. I've never heard it called. I've never heard it called a mag either, but I think he was just maybe making it up. And it maybe just was a trowel. And well, he's going to see if I I bit the bait, right? Like, it is a trowel. Yeah. Like, they're called trowels. Hawk like and trowel. I worked uh, yeah. for Bobcat Helgi's yeah. uh, doing concrete. And that's and then, like, my mom's roommate in yeah. seven, eight years. Like, fuck, he still works uh, yeah. for the city of Winnipeg doing all the infrastructure and stuff mm-hmm. like that. He lays all that. Like, I, think, I think he just had made it up to see if I would... I would go for it just so he could figure me out, right? And he kind of pats me on the shoulder. He says, oh, good luck, buddy. <laughs> this is you, cool, buddy. You know what you're doing here? I'm like, yeah, my, my boss kind of gave me a rundown of what's going on. And I've been asking questions. He's like, well, fake it till you make it. There you go. See you later. And he fucked off and he's doing his own thing. And I came back and uh, the fucking this guy comes out in a suit. The general manager of the Canucks, right? He's, he's always in a suit, right? He's fucking walking around. Intimidating, isn't it? And he was fucking bald, too, like that Hitman guy. Mm-hmm. Like Agent 47. He was fucking Shiny bald, scary yeah. as fuck, man. Like, scary dude. And um, he's just walking around looking at all my work going, what the fuck? And he's, like, looking at his fucking plans or whatever. What the fuck? So I get a call from my boss. Hey, uh, I gotta send you to another site. I guess he got found out. I don't like it. Oh no. Oh, oh man. I thought I was like, I thought he was gonna find out that it was me and like ban me from all the Canucks games or something. I'm like, this is it. I'm never going to a <laughs> hockey game again in my life. Oh, Canucks have such good games, dude. Yeah, I watched uh, one game my dad took me to where Henrik Sedin, I call them the Sedin sisters because they always get injured. <laughs> but uh, he got plowed by, I think it was Robin Regeer, Calgary Flames. Mm. And uh, he got, that's my team. He got smoked by this guy and got taken off on a stretcher. Nice. Oh, yeah. You don't see that anymore. No. Well, not that much anyway. No, yeah, I think I agree with you going back to what you said about the burger joint thing. I think it's a... I think it's good real estate for it, like you said. It's it's a prime location. Well, it's definitely a good location. It's what the city needs, like an actual mm-hmm. normal place to go for a normal burger. You can bring your kids, you know, yeah. you don't have to have alcohol there. You don't have yeah. to have any of that stuff. Make it a fun environment, man. Yeah. You know, like... Have it as a kid hangout during the daytime. That's fine. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. You could do that, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, it's just, it's good business, period. Yeah. Like, I think it's it's good business because people are familiar with it, mm-hmm. right? They're like, oh, burgers. Oh, fries. Exactly. Right. Oh, poutine. Oh, this. Oh, that. Well, and it's classic. It's nostalgic. Yeah. You know, you get the, all the guys with the... With the two Yeah, eliminators, eliminators car, car club. club yeah, right? yeah, So, yeah. I mean, like, I know yeah. half those guys, too. So, you know, you get that going and you... Those guys start coming there, you know, once a week or whatever. Like you do a car, a car night or whatever, a car night showcase, and you light up the parking lot and have all the cars set out. Exactly. Even have a picture of all their cars up in front of the house, like whatever. Like you can have all kinds of stuff. You know, put like stuff on the walls inside, kind of like what they do at the Hard Rock Cafe and places like that. Yeah. They put like old paraphernalia up like on the wall. Elvis and Marilyn Monroe. Well, just those kind of stuff. I want fifties diner style stuff. Yeah, sixties diner style stuff. But none of that Elvis clocks or anything. Yeah, like yeah. pinup girls sitting outside of the diner on their roller skates kind of thing. I remember going to places like that <laughs> and actually having girls come up on roller skates. Yes, yeah. like it was crazy. Yeah, we had an A but on roller skates, and actually they tried redoing it in 
2011? Yeah. Um, to the one across from Polo Park in Winnipeg. Yeah. So once a week, they would actually have it. So you, you'd come up in your car, yeah. park in the parking lot, and the girl would come out, take your order, yeah. go back and bring your order yeah. with you and everything on roller skates, right? I so remember, that's really um, cool. I remember my, my friend Arthur, who lives in Seattle, who I've known for a really long time, he took me to Sonic, and they have, like, girls on roller skates there. Nice. Right? That they, you like go, Sonic's like you go into the your, restaurant chain? Yeah, like the burger chain. Yeah. And you go into your little parking spot, and there's a little... In each parking spot, there's a speaker box like there yep. would be in the drive-thru. Yep. And, Hello, can I take your order? You give your order. The chick comes out on roller skates with a big, little thing on the side of yeah, your door. Big, yeah, big tray and whatever and hands you your tray and she's got a little money purse and she, you pay her there and all that stuff. She gives you a receipt and it's, it's really good. But I remember when I was really like a little kid, I didn't really have a filter. So I would just say whatever came That's to my fun. mind. <laughs> I, think, no, I think the first time he took me, he's like, he turns, he's Jonah, don't say anything stupid. Because I was, had a bit of a reputation for that, right? Just blurting out stupid shit, right? And my first thing, I, she's, hey, how you doing? I'm like, pretty, pretty upset. Why are you not wearing roller skates? <laughs> he just looks at me like, dude, what the hell? I'm like, well, I don't know. The commercial said that they were going to be in roller skates. Well, and that's what you expect, right? Yeah. That's... And that's the thing. That's that's the thing that I've always been. I've always been bad for. And my mom even tells me that too. She's like, "Don't do it." I'm complaining at restaurants. Oh, if something's well, not right with my food, I'll send it back. Well, it really all depends. Like, depends I, who's being, working. Well, being what time it is. Being in kitchens for thirty years. Yeah. Being a chef for over twenty of those years. Holy crap! I'm old. <laughs> anyway, um, you learn. To accept the way something is cooked in every yeah. aspect of it, all different temperatures, mm -hmm. all the way through, as rare as it could be, blah, 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 all different kinds. Yeah. So I've learned to appreciate everything. Mm -hmm. But being a person who doesn't eat beef, I definitely don't miss having to worry about how my steak is cooked. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. like if I am going to have a steak, I'll do it at home. Yeah. So when did you, when did you uh, stop eating beef? 24. I had a stroke when I was 24. Oh my god. I had the, half my body was like paralysis pretty much. Jesus. Well, I looked like, uh, what's his face, the old prime minister there, Jack Chen. Jean Chen. Jean Chen. Oh god. Yeah, my face is all messed up. Uh, but yeah, I had like eight months of physiotherapy. Man. I my like arm over my shoulder. That's intense. Walking stairs, yeah. And I still the whole entire time. Yeah. Shafted up. I broke my nut once. Oh, God. I completely broke my nut. Was like, that in the kitchen? Uh, no, it was uh, at a food court, though. I sat down on it too hard and it oh, twisted. Shit. Anyway, so it was about the size of a cantaloupe, so I had surgery. <laughs> and they told me to take 10 days off. This is why we're chefs. I was back <laughs> in that kitchen. I managed it. It was a pony curl yeah. in Winnipeg. I was back in that kitchen. What was I? 18? I was 18 years old. Yeah. Back in that kitchen the next day. Running it. Online. And every half hour online, I would go and sit down in my office. Doing some paperwork, guys. Yeah. Still like, schedule. Yeah. Like, when I, when, I, uh, when I cut my finger, you saw it. Like, I know these guys can't see it because they're just listening to us. But when yeah. I cut my finger, it was pretty gnarly cut. It's juicy, yeah. And uh, I would have it. what I did is I just ran across to... He said, are you going to go? I said, I got to go for five minutes. He said, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to Home Depot. And he's like, what? I need some paper. I'm like, you need some glue, man. And he's like, what? 
and fucking run back, go to the bathroom, and fucking big glob of glue on my thumb because I still had forty. <laughs> I still had forty-five minutes left in my shift. Well, and you had it. Um, and we're in the, we're in the middle of lunch, and I'm like, so I'm sprinting across to the fucking home hardware down there, bloody rag in hand. Fucking people are looking at me like I'm insane. I run in the store. I said, hey, um. And I'm like, I'm again, trying, trying to rush, trying to make sure I stay calm at the same time so the blood pressure doesn't get to my head and I pass out because I've just cut half of my thumb off. Mm-hmm. But I said, this is going to sound like a really weird question. Um, I kind of cut my finger off at work and I need some super glue. And I remember this lady just looked at me like, oh, son. Yeah. Oh, son, what are you doing? Crazy glue. Yeah. That's what it's invented for, actually. Yeah, that's what I had heard from one of the other ladies there. She said it was invented in, for the, in the military for sutures. Yeah. But anyway, I get to the thing and I'm like, yeah, what's the strongest glue you have? And he's like, Gorilla Glue. And I'm like, great. And he's like, that's not, it doesn't say for skin. I'm like, yeah, I know it doesn't say for skin. It doesn't work good on skin. But it, it worked pretty good. Because I, uh, I put a big glob on and it's basically just a, a coating. <laughs> I think I know you, you changed the band yeah. the next oh, day, man. You're pulling chunks of glue off there. Oh, like, yeah, pull that fucking... scab off. Oh, that's glue. <laughs> Literally, it looked like chunks you, of yeah. fucking. Look like a zombie movie. Look like you tried to put the tip of a thumb, glo- your glove thumb. <laughs> you know, like just the tip oh. of the thumb back on. Your glove. Oh. That's what it looked like. Anyway. It was gnarly for a while, man. Too bad you couldn't put the picture on. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, no. It was it was really fucking gnarly, and um, what I did was I got in, and Louis said, "You all right?" I said, "I will be in a minute," and he said, "Let me see," and he pulled it off, and it went. And he's like, "Man, you gotta go to the hospital." I said, "No, just give me two minutes." <laughs> fucking big glob of glue on there. I came out. I'm like, "Okay, what's next?" And he's like. You should really go to the hospital, man. Do you have a first aid kit there? No. He doesn't have a first aid kit. You should definitely tell him to invest in one. If he gets nailed without one, he's going to be a lot of crap. Man. I think he has. What? I, he might have I think he has invested in one. Because I've, I've, I've said something a couple times. Yeah. But, he um, needs to have... Yeah. I, I, went to, I, was, I was quite upset, actually, because I went to go to the first aid kit to, mm-hmm. to grab myself even like a Band-Aid. He didn't even have a Band-Aid in there. I'm like, <sighs> see why I carry bandies with me everywhere I go. That's the thing. Like you carry everything in your bag. I told you, it's my purse. you're the pusher man. It's my man purse. I'm, the- <laughs> I'm your pusher. Oh god, no! Like, I remember one day. Who was it? Like, Courtney or something? Do you have an Advil or something? Or do you need an Advil? Yeah, um, Courtney, I think, right? Courtney or Brittany, one of the two. Might have been Brittany. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Oh, I have a headache. Here's an Advil. Yep. Oh, let's play some music. Here's a speaker. I'm like, I've only got this kind of charger, this kind of charger, or this kind of charger. I have Sorry. an Apple charger, I have an Android charger, I have a 2006 Apple charger. Like, and I did. <laughs> and markers. It was, it was really interesting. My mom was really, because at that time I was living with my mom. She was mm-hmm. like, why is this guy being so nice to you? Just what I do, man. It's like, what does he want? I'm like, I don't know. I'm a pusher. Soon, he, soon you'll owe him a favor. You gotta be careful, oh, Jonah. And I'm like, oh fuck. Come on. I don't ask for favors. <sighs> Some point. No, man. I just um, I find it quite interesting about the whole first aid thing, and um, 
just in kitchens in general because there's so many kitchens oh, yeah. that you walk into and their standards are just shit. They're horrible. I'm still waiting to get. Uh, remember how like when we first opened up there, we had that big meeting with the orientation or river. Yeah, we uh, we're talking about uh, the allergy. Remember the allergy box I was saying. I'm mm -hmm. still waiting to see what's happening with one of those. I'd like to get one of those on there. Oh, okay. Yeah, like that's something that's, especially nowadays, there people are bringing allergies a lot more to attention. So it's better to be actually prepared for it and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see stuff, more stuff like that going into more kitchens. Yeah, I think that it's a big problem nowadays that so many people, they want to revert back to those old school ways because a lot of places back then didn't have like the first aid kit or whatever. No. They just fucking grabbed a band-aid and kept going. Oh, exactly. So I think a lot of cooks are used to that and a lot of chefs and managers are used to that and that's where that comes in. Oh. That's my opinion. I think that... Well, there's a lot of nannies out there. There's a lot of people that get little cuts and, oh, I gotta go. Yeah. I need stitches. Half yeah. the time you don't even need a stitch. Yeah. But, you know, they, they just leave and they don't, just, they don't bother. I just but the diehards, people who actually yeah. enjoy cooking and stuff, those are the ones who, like you, yeah. like... You know, like gash your thumb like almost halfway off and go, yep. oh, well, hold on a second, I'm going to get some glue and some tape and uh, I'll be right back. Yeah. You know, like that's... That's, I, I just, I don't know, I love what I do and I've I've always loved it. Like I've I've done other things, obviously, as you do. Yeah. But uh, oh, yeah. the, the kitchen thing. is really the only place I've ever like felt at home, in a sense, right? Well, your mom's the chef. Yeah, my, mom, my mom's a chef, so I've always had really good home-cooked meals when I was at home. Mm -hmm. No junk, none of that, so... My mom was not the best of cooks. No? No, she's not the worst cook, but she's not the best of cooks. Hmm. My dad was okay. But me and my brother, <laughs> me and my brother both, yeah. both, both chefs, right? Yeah. He's a chef, I'm a yeah. chef, so. My dad can't cook for shit, and he thinks that he can cook. <laughs> Those are the worst type of people. Yeah, that's not normal. Those, that's, that's what gets me the most, is that chefs who think that they can cook, and they can't. Yeah. And they think, oh, I'm the shit, right? Well, and exactly. they can't do fuck all. I remember I had this one chef, I'm not going to mention who he is, just out of, I won't say respect, but just out of common decency mm -hmm. that uh, he was saying, I was on my first day at this, uh, at that brew pub that I worked at, right, mm -hmm. in Vancouver, and <clears throat> he was saying, one of the services said, can you get me some Chipotle mayo? And he hands her some mustard, some Dijon mustard, and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then, no, and he pulls out another bottle and hands her ranch, and I'm like, and so I reached under because you know Chipotle mayo is pretty standard. You know what it looks like, and if you don't, you can just taste it. It's mayo. It's orange mayo, like light orange mayo, right? Like the color of an orange starburst is how I was taught. You know what I mean? That's and it has little grains in it. So I looked at oh there it is. Here you go. And then a day later, the front of house manager said, "Hey, I'm so and so. So you're the one who's been training our head chef." Head chef. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my god. Man. And oh. he's going, oh yeah, I used to run things down at Steamworks, right? And so me and a couple of cooks, just for a laugh, we phoned him up. Hey, do you ever have a chef named so-and-so working there? Well, that guy's a fucking piece of shit and a fraud. <laughs> and this is after they fired him, right? Oh. So we were just we were just doing digging as you do. Yeah. Right? And he's like, man, that guy's a fucking idiot. He doesn't know anything. That's horrible. And, oh my god, that's the biggest fucking pet peeve that I have. <laughs> that people who say that they know things. Because it's not that it annoys me, it's that it scares me. Because I've seen cooks really fuck themselves up. And you know what? And hurt themselves. Because they say that they know that they're doing some, how to do something. Exactly. And 
And if you think you know, or you want to think you know, it's better to ask anyway. Just even if be, you think, just to reassure, even if you have like, things yeah, differently, even right? if you have like a slight inclination that these guys might do something differently, it's like. Hey, how do you guys do this? Because mm, I know exactly. how I do it at this yeah. place, but this isn't this place. This is this yeah. place, right? And like I said, I watched this one kid filter a fryer and didn't close the pipe when he dumped the oil back in. <laughs> I think JP did that last week. Did he? Oh, wait, it might have been you. No, it wasn't me. Yeah, it might have been. Actually, I actually think it was you. <laughs> no, I mean, no. Because I was just Yeah, just a crack. Yeah, but so I think that he had, he'd left it open on the way. Oh, wow. That's I've never cool. heard somebody scream so loud in my life. <laughs> Seriously, and this is like a dude like like your size. You're a pretty big guy, right? I'm tiny, and, dude. No, I mean like built. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and, um, you know, he wasn't like a skinny guy like me. Mm. Like me compared to you, I'm fucking skinny. Yeah, you're not. Right? And uh, basically, he's a pretty stocky guy and rough and gruff and rough around the edges. And this guy fucking screamed. <laughs> Like a fifth grader with a bad report card. <laughs> because what had happened was he poured the oil back in, it hit his knees or hit his shins, instantly went through his pants, and just you heard you heard the sound. It just this sound I'll never cooking. <laughs> oh, I probably went all in his shoes. Oh, and I'm like <laughs> Oh my god, I almost threw up and passed out. It was so bad. That would have been wonderful. It was so bad. What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you, man? That was terrifying. Jesse, just be I there. Love the shit. I, I, I don't know. I like when. I don't know. I like looking at cuts when I cut myself sometimes when you nick yourself in the kitchen. And you're, and you're like, oh, you're like the meat. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of nice. And you go to a server that you know that oh, there's always that one server who's like, ew, get it away from me. And you're like, hey, look. And you fucking open it. Oh, God. Wait, did you see Mario? When Mario cut his thumb on Valentine's Day? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He had to go get stitches. Oh, yeah. God. That thing was pretty deep, though. On like, a wire? You know what's good when the thing collapses in, right? Yeah. That was one of those things that, like, that. my thumb collapsed in as well. Oh, yeah. Like, right here. Like, it's... Yeah. I can push on it and it's fucking gone. Like, all the blood is blocked by the glue, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hasn't healed yet they just keep gluing it you know yeah fuck man like some injuries like you said there's some Nancy boys in the kitchen who they'll we had this one cook who had cut her finger at Boston Pizza and she was like and they were like super fucking corporate there so you had to fill out an incident report yeah. and all that shit cause well you, you have to anyway you have to and you know what I mean? I was the closer at that time, so I had to, you know, sit with her yeah. in case something happened. And this cook comes out, what the fuck, man? We're in the middle of service. I'm like, hey, dude, she just cut her thumb off, okay? Legally, like, I have to be with her because yeah. there's nobody else around. And if somebody's not with her, I'm like, you can go with her just as long as somebody's with her because if she passes out and hurts herself... It's your ass, yeah, exactly. and it's exactly. their ass, and it's fucking they're on the line, right? Huh. And this kid just didn't get it, and I'm like, she fucking hacked half her thumb off, man. Yeah. I don't know. I think we're coming to a close here. We're at 59 minutes and 17 seconds, and yeah. time's out in an hour, man. It was good to have you on the show. That was good. Yeah. Pick it. Pick your brain a little bit about 
I'm going to have to do this every week. What's next? We should do politics. We should do politics. Or, or music. Ooh, music's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Or fuck. Just the word fuck. <laughs> fuck is a great word. Fuck. Fuck. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, thank you again, Jesse, for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Welcome. And um, I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Have a good night, guys.